We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Talk Saturday on WGR Sports Radio 550. Hour number two, Sports Talk Saturday. Joe DiBiase, Corey Griswold here on WGR. Sabres and Rangers tonight, 7 o'clock. The Paul William Belts pregame show starts at 6. College basketball tonight, too. I've been all over the place on whether there's a college basketball game on the day I'm wondering it. Um, they move the traditional days they're played, which is weird. That's why I'm kind of thrown off. Yeah, there's uh, both games are, to- are today, 5-14 weird time. Baylor and Houston in the final four, and then Gonzaga, UCLA at 8.34. We have a fantasy league that I'm in, a dynasty league, where the draft lottery is based on the NCAA tournament. So, if you finish last, you get all the one seeds. If you finish second to last, you get all the two seeds. Third last, all the three seeds, and so on. I like that a lot. That's cool. So... There's a bit of there's a bit of drama though in this league right now because professional league should do that. Honestly. Yeah, it's fun because like if your team wins the tournament and you are like right now, let's say Houston wins. My brother Lou actually finished second to last in this league last year. Dynasty's right. rebuilding, so it's not like he's just terrible at it. It's kind of his place place he is with his team. If Houston wins the national championship, well, he's picking first. He gets Trevor Lawrence. That's cool. That's a cool format. But UCLA is throwing a, a wrinkle into this this year <laughs> because they're an 11 seed and. Now, we do not, we've never been faced with the situation, but we do not allow for non, for, for playoff teams to win the lottery. That seems fair, right? Sure. But now with this. But now the guy that lost the championship last year, that, that's 11th. Sure. He wants the first pick if UCLA wins the tournament. Now, to me, I think my first response was, okay, you needed to come, though, with this before the tournament. You can't just show up on the, the day of the Final Four or the day before the Final Four and be like, oh, UCLA, they're in 11. I finished 11th from the bottom. That means I should win the lottery, right, if they win it? I don't think that's how it should have worked. So it work, did right? you, well, did you figure this out before you did yeah. this? Yeah. Okay, so what were the agreements that you had? Does that... Well, like we've, again, it, we've never been faced with this situation, but I think the, the agreement we had, we couldn't find it written down anywhere, but we all mm. knew we all knew that, like, okay, we had we had agreed and decided that that um, no playoff teams were allowed to win this lottery. You, now, again, the reason we've never faced this, I looked back when we made this format. No double-digit seed has ever won the tournament, and the only two seeds that have ever won the tournament outside of... A, a six seed, which is for the purposes of our lottery, 
all that matters is the top six. Right. Because the the first team that misses the playoffs would get all the sixes. UConn won as a seven five, six years ago now. Yeah. And Villanova won as an eight in like the 80s. And that's it. If you want to do this, like there are a couple of ways about this. There is the uh, social studies look at this, which is the law is simply words on paper. And the only thing that really matters is power. So you will do what you're told. No, you don't get the pick. <laughs> um, you could also do something that's more fun and probably something that sports leagues would do, which is that you don't get the you don't you get a range of teams so you get a range of seeds you don't just get the ele- if you if you finished like dead last you get the one seed maybe you get the one yep. and the two or if you okay f- so but also like if you top out at only the teams that missed the playoffs right you said it was the top six seeds that then that matter so the la- the worst team gets six through everything gets six through 16 so if any of those teams make it they get it okay i like that so there's ways out of this there is um at this point uh, this guy probably has a case to complain about it, but you can just tell him, ah, we don't care. It's a, just shut up. Well, even if, if it's a case to change rules, you do that a year out. Correct. So next year maybe we'll allow it, but we can't do it retroactively. You can't mm-hmm. do it right now. We so. make up laws all the time. Laws are just words on paper. Every time a cop but, waves you off because he stops you on the side of the road, yeah. that is basically saying the law doesn't count here, just go away. So get used to it, Buster. That's the, how the world works. <laughs> the lesson of this story, by the way, is have a fun draft format yes, for absolutely. your fantasy football Real league. teams should do this. Yeah. The the NHL's draft lottery position should be dependent on baseball or something like that, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. oh, you want to avoid sport too. Exactly, you want to avoid tanking. <laughs> like there you go. Like that's yes. Make it a parlay system for the draft, essentially. Or like your other team uh, in your city. So right. like based on the Bills, mm-hmm. correct? Which would be very bad for the Sabers right now, and would be very good for the Bills. Okay, Maybe real. that would actually get them stuck in their current paths, and that the the Bills would always be picking at the top because the Sabers stink, and the Sabers always be picking at the bottom because the Bills stink, and ne- the Sabers never get better because of that, and the Bills never get worse. That's right. It should re- it really should be a parlay system. Like, it like to, you need a cycling outcome, I you love need this. an F one outcome, and you also need an uh, Par- a Premier League outcome. Parlay draft format. Correct. I love it. I good, love. Good it. luck tanking. <laughs> Um, all right, let's talk about some hockey right now. Linus Allmark, as I mentioned, will be starting a net for the Sabres tonight. He is, what do I want to call him? He's at least interesting going into the deadline, I think. Maybe not to everybody because I don't see him being talked about a whole lot when it comes to deadline day. I know we had Elliot Friedman about a week ago maybe saying that the Leafs called the Sabres about Allmark to check in on his availability. We had Luke Fox of Sportsnet earlier in the week that was talking about Allmark potentially being the number one goalie on the market for the trade deadline. I think that is right, by the way. I think if Allmark was available, he is the number one goalie available at this trade deadline across the entire league. And I think he's the most attractive free agent goalie coming up this offseason. You have Philip Grubauer from the Avalanche, who's having a very strong season also, but he is four years older than Allmark, and he's probably going to cost a little bit more than Allmark also. So Allmark is a very valuable asset right now. That that's, That is what he is. He's a valuable asset, and he's an expiring asset. And the Sabres do have to make a call on what to do with him. I don't know really what side I've... I have landed on yet because there are one of three things that are going to happen with him. They are either going to re-sign him, they are going to trade him, or they are going to lose him for nothing. 
One of those three things are going to happen. My number one priority from the Sabres is to sign him. And that maybe should have been done already. Because he has proven to be a good goaltender in the NHL. He's having his best season. It's only 15 games. It's a small sample size. But he is 7th in the NHL right now in 5-on-5 save percentage. He has a winning record on... The worst team we've ever seen. That's wild. He has a winning record. Go back three seasons and only take the games Linus Allmark started and then average them out on an 82-game schedule. They're an 86-point team with Linus Allmark in net the last three years. That's not playoffs. No, but it's close. But it's you're in a race Yep, to the very end. It's presentable. He is one of the most valuable pieces on this team maybe right now. And he plays a position where you are nowhere at if he's not around. So the the tricky part here is you really need to bring him back, I think, because otherwise you are starting from ground zero in net. And maybe you'll find two guys that are as good or even better than Olmark. There's a potential for that. But as I just mentioned, not a very strong free agent crop of goaltenders coming up. So maybe you trade for one. It- maybe you trade for one of the Columbus guys. Maybe you trade for Alex Georgiev with the Rangers. But – even those guys, I think you're just replacing what Allmark has done for you. But the risk there is, if nine days from now, you still don't have a good idea of whether he's coming back or not, I think you got to move him. Because I don't think you... He, uh, given he is probably the number one goalie on the trade deadline market right now, and you have several teams that are headed for the playoffs that could use a goaltender. Friedman already said that the Leafs have checked in on him. Uh, the Avalanche could use another goalie. I don't believe Jonas Johansson is their answer, even though he won last <laughs> night. Um, you have the Carolina Hurricanes, who always need goaltending. You have the Minnesota Wild that could use another goalie that going into the playoffs. Chicago could use another goalie going into the playoffs if they make it. You've got a lot of teams, I think, that could be interested. I don't know if you get a first-round pick, but... It's just it's not a guy I would even want to risk losing for nothing, even though I recognize you are nowhere in net long term, at least for next year, without him. Ukapeka Lukanen, like one can hope, but he does not seem anywhere close to NHL ready. You you need the space. They're so hard up for cap space, especially right now. It's the reason they bought they could move stall, is that you the salary they retained is gone after the year. It doesn't go into next year. It's the reason Oposo still plays, because they can't buy him out and they can't swallow that salary. He's got to play. If you're going to keep him into a two- or three-year deal, I heard I was listening to Brayton yesterday, and he, that's something he had mentioned, the kind of deal he was looking for for Allmark, that range. What is that going to cost you? Four or five? Ooh, I was thinking like three and a half. Right. Um, yeah, I would go up to four. I wouldn't go near five with him, even though I recognize I, I like I like him a lot as a goalie. I don't think I would pay him five, though. So you're going to have to find a way to keep Reinhardt, I think. I don't want the – I'd be extraordinarily upset if they moved Reinhardt. He's one of the few people I agree, who have been good for them the whole time. But why don't we talk about the Eichel frustration thing with Reinhardt? Why don't we ever mention – because he's been here just as long. Oh, longer. And he actually has – right, longer. And he has control. He mm-hmm. doesn't have all the control because he's not a res- unrestricted free agent, but he's a restricted free agent. And I am not, from this point to the end of the season, I am not assuming anybody is going to be up for re-signing with this team. I am not assuming Linus Allmark is just going right. to re-sign here. I am not assuming Sam Reinhart is just going to re-sign here. I am not assuming Rasmus Ristolainen would re-sign here after next year. I don't even know if I'm ready to assume that Henry Okiharu or Rasmus Dahlin would. Those guys would be closer to because they're much younger. But 
I'm not ready to assume even Reinhardt would sign an extension here. I, Why would he do that? But if you that logic path leads us to moving all these guys and getting assets for them because they're I going away. And if you do that, the guy you still got in Jack Eichel, and is now he's fa- looking at a team that has been completely detonated. Like he, you are moving him to next year. That's right. Well, Reinhardt also maybe I shouldn't say that he. Why would he sign an extension here? Maybe the 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 better question is why would he sign a long term extension here? Right. What if he comes to the Sabers in the off season and says, "I'll resign, but it's only a one year deal. I, mean, I am not doing more than a one year uh-huh. deal because I want to be a UFA after the this Sabers season. consistently being the ones to tell him, no, not really, no, not really. And then I know, and then this the, year he'd be the, able to do that. How the turntables? Fanta- <laughs> fantastic. Congrat. We love to see it. Um. Yeah, fine. Listen, if that's what he wants to do, fine. But, like, I need Reinhardt on the team, and if that means you, he goes to free agency the year after that and you have to take your chances, okay. But the Sabres are worse without him. Oh, and sure. I, I think significantly worse in standing with Eichel if he's not here too. I agree. I think if any of the if all of these things come to fruition, that like Reinhardt won't sign a long term deal with this team, and Olmark won't re sign right. with this team, and Hall is gone, and Montour is gone, right. and Ristolainen's mm-hmm. about to be gone. But if you move those two, if you move Hall, you move Montour, you move Ristolainen, but you have Olmark, you have uh, Reinhardt, and yeah, you have Skinner, you can go to Eichel and say like, listen, the way that was put together last year wasn't good, and you know it because you worked with those clowns and they they were dumb. Yeah. We're, but you guys, the ones who are left, are the ones. We can do this. And I, I think it's, we're kind of talking about the building blocks of this team. Like If they do build it back up with pieces that are here right now, it's very easy to see that Eichel and Reinhardt are still at the top of that list, with Dahlin, too. Those are the three guys at the top. Allmark, to me, right now is the fourth guy. Allmark is the fourth guy. He has proven now to me over a couple of years that he is a starting caliber goaltender. He's not a great goaltender, but he's a starting caliber goaltender. But that should do. Like, that should be enough. Like, uh, Allmark should be enough to get you into the playoffs and to get you competitive. The problem has been they don't have, they have, really, Hutton's been the problem. They have not had an adequate replacement when Allmark exits the lineup. Right. And Allmark has been injured a couple of times. He missed a bunch of games last season, and he missed a bunch of games this year. And. That might be a question with him, too, on an extension. Can you stay healthy? But the Sabres have proven three years in a row now that when Allmark's not in net, they cannot put even an NHL-level product into replacement. Allmark's got to play 70 games a year. And then you can't do that in today's NHL. But, I mean, like, also, the Sabres generally, when they play defense, they play like they got rocks for brains. Like, they they are not (laughs) a smart hockey team. Like, they really run the himbo offense. So when they're out there and they're making mistakes after mistake after mistake in their own zone, which exposes Allmark to sometimes making giving up those bad goals that he can do sometimes, that happens because your defense puts you in bad spots. So it, you got to ditch the dead weight of the people on the team who cannot, for the life of them, make good decisions when they're under pressure in their own zone. And they are stocked to the ceiling with those dudes. It's what kills them. They got a guy wearing 55 that's made a career out of that, who's just like, he's got great skill, he's got great athleticism, he can play 45 minutes a night for you. And he will, guaranteed, three times a night have his brain fall out of his ear and just like everybody will be like, that's a dude's brain. What just happened? <laughs> and then he will trip over the puck or something stupid. 
And that's what gets you killed in the NHL. They're playing really good teams all the time, especially in their division. You've got to be smart, and they are not on the ice at all. Ristolainen also is the same point to me where I'm not assuming that a guy will resign. Ristolainen might be number one he's for... He's been begging to be traded for two years! Right, and he's been here even longer than Eichel and Reinhardt. Do him course. the favor! So, that... that the, the the argument about what he is as a player no longer even matters. No! Because in 15 months, he's gone. There's no way he's a Sabre 15 months from now. Next year, free agency, that relationship is over. It's at its end. And to me, I don't care, even if you're pro-Ristolainen, if you love the way that he plays a tough-nosed game and he could fit right in in the 70s and you can't sit in front of the net with him on the ice, like even if you love his game, which I don't. You've got to admit that you got to move him. Like he, it, it finally has to happen. You can. I will be. I will. I, I will not be able to stop laughing if they let that the, entire contract. He's the last one who go and get, he leaves for nothing. They will move that Eichel will be before they move Ristolainen. Amazing. Would absolutely be peak Sabers is moving Eichel before moving Ristolainen and him being the one to shut the lights out in the arena. But like, <laughs> yeah, like. All these guys who have left this town and have been like, I can't, like they, like they're walking back from the Western Front and they're just in shell shock over what playing hockey in this city has been like, and they've gone to these other teams. Ristolainen has said that, and he's still in your locker room all the time, and like it's not even about like. What's he doing to the other guys on the team? Is he bad for the locker room? I don't think any of that's true. This is a humanitarian mission. This dude has to get out of here. He's paid his dues. He's done a ton in this city, and it, a, a lot of it isn't good. Some of it is good. He's a he's an up-and-down player, whatever you want to say about him. But, like, you can't argue the fact that he has been through the meat grinder in this franchise and how awful it's been. For God's sake, send him someplace else. He is... I had this a couple days ago. I think he's fourth all-time for the Sabres in losses. Un- he's been around for f- the most losses in the N- in Saber history, other than like three guys. My God! Like, and I think there are like three guys that were here for fifteen years. I don't like care. Ramsey and Perot, and do not care if he goes to another team and he plays fifteen minutes a night or twelve minutes a night, and somebody plays him like a fourth line defenseman or a number four defenseman, and he's you know he's getting a couple of points on the power play, and he's generally taking it easy, and he finds fantastic success. God bless him. I'm happy for you. Like good for him. I am sick and tired of watching the team play him thirty minutes a night. That is the worst possible way to play him. Yeah. I just I need I need what was the term from two years ago? Roster surgery the roster surgery from that one off season where Jason Botcher was the GM that never happened. There was never any roster no. surgery. There was like two guys that left and two guys that came in to Correct. replace them. And one of them, the worst hockey player on earth. Right. <laughs> and to this day, I don't believe there's been roster surgery with this team. And I almost need to take this route and forget about Eichel's frustration for a second because this team needs to go scorched earth. They need to bring back for they need to finally do it. They have not done it. You had Larson, Larson, I like Larson a lot, but he came back year after year. You had Gergensen's coming back year after year. Bristolinen has come back year after year. McCabe, year after year. Poso, year after year. Hutton, the last three. Like it's always the same guys. There's never enough change. This is the time where you just need to rip it all down. They, and I know that that is going to be a tough sell. 
for a fan base that has gone through nine years of playoffless seasons, and it's going to be an even harder sell for a kid from Boston, Massachusetts, who grew up with championship teams in his hometown, to have to sit through another restart. But that has to be the way forward. For me, for this team, the way forward has to be you've got two defensemen under contract next year in Rasmus Ristolainen and Colin Miller. And I don't even want them here. So really count, I guess, Darlene and Yoki Haru as the two RFAs. Sure. Those two are back. Yep. I don't need anybody else to be. The goalies. No one's under contract for next year. I want Allmark back. I don't need any of the goalies to be back. Right. The forwards. Skinner is back. He's here. Oposo's back. He's here just because of their salaries. And then you've got Olofsson, Eakin, Thompson, Cousins under contract, and Eichel for next year because I missed him because he's on IR. I would like two of them. Right. And the two I have to have, fine. So four. That's four forwards, no goalies, and two defensemen. Mm -hmm. That's how you make over a team. You add to that group. And you start over. You also don't have to be bad. Let's like, let's bring in the spirit of Jeremy White here a little bit. Like yes. you, you don't have to be bad when you do that. Because if you get rid of bad players and you sign cheaper but marginally better players, guess what? You're better. Jeremy actually, he made the best possible example you could make too, which was the Colorado Avalanche from 2017-18. Let me make sure I get the year right here. The 2016-17 Colorado Avalanche were a historically bad team. Mm-hmm. They had 48 points. That was not a lockout short year, by the way. That was not a COVID short year. That not was a lot of points. 82-game season. They had 48 points. That was mm-hmm. less than the Tank Sabres. It's tough. The next year, they made the playoffs with 95 points. Yeah. The next season, mm-hmm. they went They went from 48 to 95. And that's not to say it will happen here. It's just to say it can happen. They gave up Johan Larson. And it was an even money move to get rid of him and bring back Gergensens, who hasn't even played for you this year, and Eakin and all, and you know uh, the other Reader. guys who are yeah. stocking the bottom of this team. And Larson was a good player for you, and you affirmatively decided to not have a better player, and instead get these other guys that your coach, who was clearly bad at it, decide that that's the kind of guy he wants, and I'm going to go get him. And now he's the worst player on earth, in Cody Eakin. So if you don't have Cody Eakin on your team anymore and you get somebody else like Johan Larson, who's not the best player on earth, but he does his role well. He's a reliable bottom right. six center. So now yeah. instead of having like an expected goals average of negative two a game, maybe your expected goals is like point one. That's two less goals that line <laughs> is giving up over a set amount of time. And that might be the difference. Like if you do just a couple of dudes who you just got to get out of here, and bring in anybody else who's competent. It doesn't have to be a ton of money changing hands. If you're just smarter about finding dudes who are good, good thing they don't have any scouts, like you could really make a huge impact on this team and get better. They were so bad at picking their free agents. So bad! And this is what it looks like. They look terrible all the time. Except now they got a different coach. And all of a sudden everybody's like, hey, Darlene and Yoki Haru are playing better. Yeah, because the coach is better. I can't believe how bad Kruger was. I never would have imagined in my life how bad he was. He was actively bad. Ruined a relationship with Jeff Skinner, who was going to be here forever because of his contract. Making everybody in the room going like, what are they doing to Jeff? This doesn't even make sense. Actively destroyed the linchpin defenseman on the team who you were supposed to be building around to the point where everybody was wondering if his career was toast. 
and, and, and Yoki Haru too. And now you get a new dude in here who was here the whole time. So maybe the coach wasn't listening to him. But like, in oh, like, I can't believe he was in the space of two weeks. You have everybody's like, wow, they're playing a little bit better. Yes, it's not impossible. <laughs> it can happen. It doesn't have to be hopeless. Gren- Granado, by the way, we got a few minutes here still in this segment. Granado is is making an impression on me. He if if they had to hire a coach tomorrow, he probably still wouldn't be my favorite idea, but. He's. It's not lost on me that the team is playing better under him, that he is allowing a lot of their def, of their young players like Rasmus Dahlin and Henry Okiharu to play more freely. Dahlin, especially because under Kruger, you could just see it in his game. He hits the red line and the puck is off his stick. It's like he was told, "You don't carry the puck into the offensive zone. You get that puck off your stick because we need you back. We need to make sure that we are not going to have an odd man rush going the other way." And more recently, Darlene looks like, hey, I can do really whatever I want here. I, if I see a lane to carry it into the zone, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to set up shop myself. And that's the type of system you need, or the type of lack of restraint you need to have on a player like that because of his style. And I think Yoki Haru is showing a little bit of that as well. He's playing much better, I think, under Granado than than uh, than Kruger. And Skinner is being utilized more. He's still not playing with the line mates I would like, but at least he's playing with someone with some offensive ability in Casey Middlestat. Yep. At least somebody that can, you know, put the puck in the back of the net and create plays. So Middlestat Skinner's better. in a better environment. Right. Middlestat looks a lot better. Although Middlestat to me has looked better all year. Middlestat, I think, came back a lot stronger than he did the last two years. Um now he is doing it at center under Granado, mm-hmm. which is also nice. And the the one thing Granado could convince me that he should be the next coach if he makes Sam Reinhardt center work. I really think if he his best path maybe to making to getting this job on a full time basis is getting Sam Reinhardt as a centerman to work because that will be I don't even know how big an accomplishment it would be because I've always thought Reinhardt would be good as a center. He's a sixty five point player as a winger. Is he not going to be a fifty point player at center? Because if he's a fifty point center. That's pretty damn valuable. Right. So if he can get that to work, that might be his path to being a full-time coach. If I mean, I am of the philosophy that NHL coaches are interchangeable in a dime a dozen. So when you get a bad one, you should fire them immediately and just get another dude. They're sure. just like growing in fields out in central Canada. Is this an example of that, by the uh, way? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so just like, okay, good. Don Granado, you got it. Fine. Ride it. Go take it. And the minute they don't look good, thanks We'll find another dude. Like, it's just, we're going to blow through this. They don't count against the cap. So go find another dude. They're all over the joint. So if, if Don Granado looks good, fine. Take him for a spin. Give him a year. Be like, we'll give you a year. We'll see how it goes. You're Yes, you are on an extraordinarily short leash. Have you seen the team? But, like, if you're good and you win, you got it. If you're bad and you don't, we will find someone else to do this. We are done putting ourselves in cap jail and feeling like, well, we just got to ride it out with the coach. Maybe he'll turn it around. No, we've done that twice, and it has led to trauma. So now, if it looks like it's starting to slide, there's a big fat red button on my desk that says eject, and I will press it and yep. shoot you out of the arena. I think at least the next two weeks are easy, though. The ne- Leading up to deadline day, to me, is easy. You get every pick and prospect you can get for Taylor Hall, for Brandon Montour, for Colin Miller. And for me, I would throw Rasmus Ristolainen into that mix as well. Should the Sabres keep McCabe? Yes. Yeah, I would do it. 
I like McCabe. I think he came a long way in the last couple of years as a defensive defenseman. He's not going to cost you all that much. I think that makes sense. So McCabe is your one or two. Yoki Haru and Darlene probably your three, four. And Bryson and Borgen is your bottom F- pair. Five, six, and you find got, another you find someone else go to play young. McCabe. Yeah, you've got, and you've got to go young. Right. Like, you can't... No more bringing in these Matt Irwin types right. to come fill in and play 15, 16 minutes. Absolutely. Asplin should be no. playing for them next year. Yes. Roost a line in probably two. Players that can actually develop into something. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that need to, from this day on, need to be getting the NHL minutes at the bottom of this team. Absolutely. That is what the good teams do. That's Pittsburgh right. for years will just bring up some guy from Wilkes-Barre Scranton you've never heard of. And those are their third and fourth line They players. put him with Malcolm, and all of a sudden they're scoring goals yep. in the NHL like crazy. Where did Brian Rust come from? Brian right. Brian Rust has become a 20-goal scorer and Evgeny Malkin's wing with the Pittsburgh Penguins. I, I would bet with the Sabres he would have never cracked the lineup. Mm-hmm. He might have never even gotten a chance. Let's see if Reinhardt can do it. Give, it, give him the Reinhardt. Sure. Give him John the Sebastian Day is playing with him tonight, but I don't think he's a young player. But anyways. All right. Enough yelling about the Sabres. We could do that all day probably. We could do that. Um, and there'll be plenty more subject material, I'm sure, to do that over the coming months. We'll s- pre-game at 6 if you want Pre-game it. at 6 with Brian Cozy. will come back for that. Sabres and Rangers tonight at 7 o'clock. We will switch gears. We'll get back to football, though, when we return. Greg Thompson from Cover One joined me and my brother Lou DiBiase yesterday on Two Bros Live. We will bring you that. Talk some NFL draft. And also, is the fifth-year option for Tremaine, for Tremaine Edmonds a gimme? We'll toss that around as well when we come back here on Sports Talk Saturday on WGR.